Welcome, welcome, faithful listener, to Pod Toy number 65. Uh, joining me tonight are Samit Sarkar. Yellow. Jim Sterling. Good evening. And Aaron Lindy. Sup? We will start this week's episode as we start every episode with uh, Games of the Week. So it's a new new week, new part of the Xbox Live Summer of Fun. Uh, what have you guys been playing? Aaron, you want to go first? Um, yeah, well, we could, we could make this a... Uh, and Aaron Lindy Anthony Jer- uh, Birch joint uh, operation because I know we've both been playing uh, <clears throat> Bionic Commando at least as far as today is concerned. Um, other than that, though, I haven't really been playing much. But um, I, I'm, I'm pretty keen on Bionic Commando. I like it pretty well. Um, it's definitely did, one of the more. Well, huh? huh? No, I was, I was, did you like it as much as um, as IGN did? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Smith, why don't you why don't you go ahead and tell us how much IGN liked it? Well, I I, I, mean, I just happened to catch... Um, I think Hillary Goldstein reviewed it, if I'm remembering correctly, and I think he gave it a 9.4, saying something like it's the best game on XBLA and PSN right now, or something like that. I could be... I mean, don't quote me on that. Mm-hmm. I think that's a reasonable I, thing to say if it were not for the fact that Braid and Geometry Wars 2 were released literally last week and the fucking week before last. Since they were, <laughs> I think that's one of the dumbest things I've heard in today. <laughs> But I don't, I don't know. know you... I, I don't think it's unreasonable to say that it's one of the best. I mean, <clears throat> saying it's the best, I think, you know, that comes down to... I mean, there there are a handful of games that are truly exemplary in their, in their respective genres on XBLA and PSN. I mean, I mean, there are plenty. And if you're into shooters, I mean, you have Geometry Wars or you have Ikaruga. And if you're into, you know, puzzle games or platformers, you got Braid. I mean, there's... There's plenty to like on it. I think that if you're <clears throat> into straight action platforming, yeah, it's damn good. I, I will say this: I think it's, I think it's the most visually impressive 3D game uh, on XBL right now. Um, I, I haven't seen anything better than it. So there's that, um, and it's fun as balls to play. But I, I think saying you know the best, I think you have to to say it's the best game on Xbox Live right now. You have to qualify that a little bit and say like if you're into, you know, action games and that kind of thing, it's pretty damn good. If you like games where the main character has a grappling hook, then Bionic Commander Rearmed is the greatest game to ever come out, ever. If you like games, if, be if, you, if your nipples get hard at the thought of a game where your main character can't jump, that's, <laughs> that's, that's what you're going to want. Isn't Hillary Goldstein the same guy who said something like Grand Theft Auto 4 is um, the most important game ever made or something, and then likened it to Ocarina of Time? Which I know... <laughs> I, I know yeah. you'd have a problem with that, Aaron, but the rest of us... <laughs> I fucking hate you, Jim. <laughs> Sorry, did I suddenly become the Legend of Zelda, the Ocarina of Time? <laughs> <'Cause it's... laughs> um, I think Hillary Goldstein gets a bit excited about things. Yeah. Usually I, I... the huge check signed by whatever uh, game publisher is giving him a review copy that week. Sorry, did I say oh, that out loud? Oh. I'm, a, I'm only. I'm not even going to do a disclaimer saying I'm only joking because he's never going to listen to this, so I can say what I want. Hil- yeah. Hillary Goldstein is not allowed near local schools. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Jim, what have you been playing? Um, not a lot. I. I downloaded the demo of Bionic Commando. 
But I think it's one of those games that retro people um, enjoy because I don't, I don't, I didn't get it. I didn't understand why it was good. So yeah, and I played the the Alone in the Dark demo for about two minutes, and Facebreaker for about five. <laughs> and that was it. Yeah, Facebreaker is kind of. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that one. The funny thing is. Yeah. Samit, what do you think? Um, well, uh, I, I, was, I was really. It was, it was a game that I've been looking forward to because, uh, you know, um, I, I was a big Punch Out fan. Um, and I was like, oh, this is, you know, kind of in that vein. And, I mean, I've never played um, Ready to Rumble, which a lot of people were saying that it's, it's similar to, or it looked similar to. Um, but, uh, but I played the demo um, last week, and I, I don't know, I just, there's something about it that I just, I didn't like it. It just, it just really just turned into a button masher for me. I was just kind of hitting um, random buttons. And, and, like, there's some sort of kind of rock, paper, scissors mechanic that they, they try to tell you about, but... Um, Maybe I didn't give it enough time to actually try to get into it, but I don't know. I didn't. I didn't like it. And then, of course, there's the whole thing they're adding ridiculous people to it. But we'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah, I think the problem with it is it seems. Go ahead, Jim. Thank you. Very gracious of you. Um, the problem with I found with it was it tried to have this kind of tactical element to it but it was just a button masher, so the two didn't work. So even though there are these, you know, block high, block low, tackle, reversals, and all this stuff, the game moves so fast that you can't plan anything out. So the, these two ideas of a button mashing boxing game and this sort of strategical rock, paper, scissors thing are working against each other, and the whole thing was just confusing mess. And, but I, tried, I was trying so hard to like it because there are tits in it, and and I thought if I could if I could force myself to like the game, then I could um, have tits without feeling bad about it and shallow and evil and male and you know make make Tiff upset. But it's she's not, not here, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. So you it's, know. It's, it's another Wednesday, so she's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, I don't yeah, know. I, I Rose there was, yeah, yay. Um, there was some preview. I think it was in uh, Game Informer where one of the developers at EA said, "Like, uh, God, I know I've got the issue around here somewhere. I, I want to pull it up because it was like the most batshit insane um, thing I've ever read." Where the guy was, was basically like, "Punch Out." We said Punch Out was shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we, yeah, we about talked about it here, here, didn't we? Yeah, yeah for anybody who yeah, you got real for that episode. Yeah, I, I fucking blew a goat. You know, I just suck at go talk. <laughs> what? I suck at go talk in theory. I, I was, yeah, never mind. Um, uh, I, I don't know what I was going for there, trying to express it. But that's, <laughs> see, that's how angry it made me that I was just, I completely lost my ability to articulate. Um, but the, uh, uh, <laughs> good lord. My reputation is well deserved. Um, yeah. The truth will out, uh, Lindy, no matter what but, you yeah. say, no matter what the content is. That's true. There's no Freudian um, slip. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, um, uh, the, the preview, it's one of the developers was saying, like, okay, now we all love, 
you know, Punch Out. Like everybody loves Punch Out. But you go back and play it today, and it's like I was having fun with that. Man, what a piece of shit! And like, which blows my fucking mind because to date, I have not played a, pun- a, a punching game. <laughs> I've not played a boxing. <laughs> you know, which boxing games are essentially punching games. I haven't played a boxing game that that, that was as much pure fun as as Punch Out was. You know, uh, you know. Of course, there are technical fighters like you know Fight Night and Fight Night Round Two and Three. Those were great games, but as far as pure, unadulterated, this fuck, this is awesome fun. Like, it's not really a boxing game in any real sense of the word. It's an arcade action game. So you're basically is, saying you feel, you feel retribution for Facebreaker sucking balls. So now that yes, that absolutely. Guy's- I think I think if you're gonna fucking do Punch Out, then do Punch Out and don't shit in Punch Out's face because then your game is gonna suck. That's the that's. That's what we're learning here is that if you think Punch Out deserves deserves an update and Facebreaker is what you present, there's obviously a flaw in your design logic. God damn it! Yeah. Right on. I should say uh, I I don't want to um, trash it too much because uh, we're actually having um, a, a sneak preview for you all. Uh, we're having the um, you were uh, having a sneak preview. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's gonna show up and just be like I fucking hate it. <laughs> Well, no. Um, the uh, the lead designer um, of the game emailed me, and um, we're gonna have him start up a, a, a developer C blog. Um, oh dear! Oh, because that worked out oh. so well last. Time. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> is this first yeah, well, him to catch up this industry as well? <laughs> oh God, he's gonna suck so, Mister Destructoid out of Facebreaker now. <laughs> <laughs> so um. You know, it's 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 a uh, it's an experiment. We'll 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 see how it goes. <laughs> a bizarre and cruel social experiment from the same Completely without precedent. So, is this something? Is this Destructoid's new thing? Inviting the makers of shit games into our community, like with some sort of vicious, cruel honey trap? Hey, hey, th- this was completely unsolicited. He, he emailed me out of the blue, so <laughs> because he obviously <laughs> saw what happened to Luke, and he goes, "I want a piece of that. That looks awesome." <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get in on that shit. <laughs> I think that can would I be. Be, can I be in on the review of Facebreaker? Because if we're gonna get the magic to happen again, I want in on the ground floor this <laughs> Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Yeah, you, yeah, you want to be called unprofessional. <laughs> yeah, I want to be called it's unprofessional. Highly personal. <laughs> Last time we got what four hundred and forty comments. Let's go for five hundred. Yeah, but let's honestly. break the barrier. I, I, okay, so before that review, the most I'd ever done with one of my reviews, apart from actually like getting people to buy the game, which is fucking boring, was one guy went out to go get Zack and Wiki, and when he got out there, a bird shat on it. No, no, sorry, he got mugged after he got... But the guy just ran. He didn't even take his money. He just hit him with like a bat or something and ran away. Then he went and got the game, and as he was going back on the subway, a bird shat on him. Up, up till... Oh. Eternity Child, that. that was that was the most I've ever done with a re- with a single review. But then Conrad and I gave Eternity Child 1.0 and the guy fucking quits the games industry. From this point on, the only thing that can happen is someone like kills themselves. It's, there's no way to go higher than just quitting the game industry outright as far as I'm concerned. So let's get the facebreaker guy to off himself. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And I would also like to point out that I'm calling bullshit on Luke Bernard actually quitting the games industry because there's no fucking way. He just wants people to ignore him for a while so he can go back to his little thing and then cry and then make a new game that sucks just as bad and create a C blog on Kotaku and then do it there and then never show it to us. And I, I think he's completely full of shit when he says he's quitting forever. It's like... He'll show it to me. He likes me. I'm, oh, yeah, I'm sure he will. And, and John Hall. I, I didn't give his game a 1 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
so anyway, we were talking about Facebreaker, and uh, there seems to be a, a glut. Is it glut or glut? Glut. Glut. Okay. There's a glut. Glut your ass. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. That's a muscle. That's why I get this confused. I get asses confused with a lot of things. Um, Luke Bernard. Oh, um, the glut of celebrity. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you're a spitfire tonight, aren't you, man? Wow. <laughs> um, that kid. So we've got. We've got <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so 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 you know, Facebreaker has Kim Kardashian and all these people in it, and then now EA is releasing Celebrity Sports Showdown, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's got like Fergie and all these people, and I mean to people like us on you know on Podzoid, I think that we, it goes without saying this is kind of repugnant and silly and stupid. But why are we seeing this sort of thing all of a sudden just now, where we're putting virtual celebrities into our games just for the sake of them being celebrities? Should, should we have expected this sooner, or is this sort of a, a, a result of the we you know applying to, appealing to casual people in the EA going, ooh, let's get all these casual people that love Fergie? I guess I don't know. What do you, Jim? What do you think? This proves my theory that the video games industry is turning into MTV, especially when you're having so-called celebrities from MTV so-called reality shows in your so-called games. You know, I said, I think it was last week, or the week before, and certainly most of the time after E3, where I was saying that video games and people have a go at you for saying it, but it's true, the video games industry is being dumbed down in many areas because... The one thing that we all wanted, the mainstream acceptance of video games, is going to come at a very high price. And that price is the same price that was paid by music and television and movies, which is this whole watered-down mainstream, bland crap full of people who are famous simply for fame's own sake. And it's begun. Well, hadn't it began, I mean, hadn't it begun quite a while ago, like... That's why, like, it's like, I understand, you know, I, I'm not any more pleased to see this kind of shit going on either, but I don't know if I'm quite as fatalistic, if only because I, I, I would like to think that, you know, we've, we've been sounding the, the death knell of, you know, uh, traditional gamers and hardcore gamers for a couple of years now. Um, and, I mean, now, of course, it's starting to take off in a way that it hadn't been before, but be that as it may, it's like, you know, uh, we're still seeing some pretty fucking great games come out of as of late. You know, the casual gaming swing was was in you know was not growing in 2007, but in 2007 we saw some of the greatest games released in recent memory. You know, debut and uh, you know, so I can understand. It's like, yeah. I, but, uh, that being said, I think it's I think it is the product of the of the casual gaming movement. I think that that people. The reason that fucking shit magazines like People Magazine sell is because that's what the general public relates to the easiest. I mean, I I never understood those magazines, but it, once it was explained to me, like we, um, I was like, why do people give a shit what Brad Pitt's fucking kid looks like or whatever? And a friend of mine said, well, because you know that's what people talk about. You know, people talk about other people, and uh, and I'm like, really? Do they? Oh, okay, well, is that it? And, you know, what the fuck? So I mean. In that sense, I mean, it makes sense to me that, you know, to, to make a game more appealing and more relative to these people, you know, you want to put in recognizable faces and, and you know, that can add, I don't know. I'm trying to justify it only because I'm trying to understand it, not because I support it, you know. No. Well, I, I get the feeling that it might not even work. I mean, who, 
I mean, even even of the people that that have you know Wii's and stuff like that, and these people that are that are being targeted by casual games and all this bullshit. I mean, are they even really going to count about something that costs fifty dollars just so they can play with their favorite celebrities? I mean, it's one thing for someone to watch you know The Hills and see Heidi and Spencer being retarded, and how do you know who those people are? Because they're everywhere. I go to ASU. That's that's all them. It's just them. Those people. It's me and then like three regular people, and then everyone else is them. Okay. So I mean, you know, it's it's cool if you if you watch that show. That's all I'm saying. You know, Aaron's it's, not it's okay. The, the the actual only the only reason I know who they are is because when I was at E3, I was talking with with Tiff and some guys from G4, and, and all they of showed a sudden, up in the Ubisoft thing. Yeah. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. Well, they 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 just walk by with these like, this like big group of like this big security entourage, like entourage, as if yeah, yeah, they, were gonna they, kill I, them or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ubisoft paid them to show up at their party. Um, is what happened. I heard about that later. God. One of the yeah, G4 guys yelled fours after they as as they walked by, and it was pretty cool. But that's that's Sweet. how I that was that was my introduction to Heidi and Spencer. But I'm I mean, still do you think, ashamed to know the names of those people. Is all I'm saying. At least I, I don't know their I last just, names. I just know them as the Hills assholes. I don't even know their names. I just know them <laughs> as the those fucking rich kids who are famous for being on a show because they're rich. I don't know any you know. of this shit. That's, I recognized maybe three names from this celebrity sports thing. I have no idea who any of like Kim Kashari thing and those Hills preachers. I have no idea who who they are. When when I heard somebody called Fergie was in EA Celebrity Sports, whatever it's called, I thought they meant Sarah Ferguson, the member of the royal family. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought too. Which is and then, sad. I'm and then sure I, what yeah, I thought. I've got Nick Chester telling me she's a member of the Black Eyed Peas yep. or something. Um, I don't know. Since I know Avril Lavigne and <laughs> Nelly Furry Tuxedo, and <laughs> all I know. Well, with that in mind, do you think that that these games are going to sell if a lot of the, 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 the so-called extreme gamers, the ones who have the most buying power in the market, do you think that's going to... These people are going to give a shit and buy this game, or do you even think these casual gamers are going to give a shit that these people are in it? They're going to pay 50 bucks to play with Avril Levine and, and Fergie? They should have had the Traveling Wilburys in it if they wanted to sell copies. To me. Get Petty <laughs> in there. Roy Orbison, Bob Dylan, George Harrison. <laughs> I'd buy that if, if it was EA t- traveling Wilburys sports. <laughs> Try, I'm trying to think of a boxing game featuring George Harrison versus Eric Clapton or something. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> you see? You see? And Who can pass out some cocaine first? <laughs> and yet EA is paying other people to come up with their ideas when we're here doing it for free. We missed our calling, gentlemen. Um, okay, I'll we'll John Ratatouille and tell him. <laughs> okay, I think we'll move into our next uh, news piece then. Okay, so Final Fantasy... Oh, God. XI is 11, right? It is. Okay, I, 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 sorry, I worked... It doesn't matter. I have no excuse for, the, for being as retarded as I am. Final Fantasy 11... One of the bosses fucking takes 18 hours to beat, and there was a... Joseph Luray posted an article about that. People were actually vomiting and passing out and, you know, nearly dying trying to beat this boss, okay? 18 hours. Over 18 hours, Adam Stark is now saying. 
Now, my question to you is... Oh, yeah, okay, they stopped... Adam Dork's saying they stopped at 18 because it would have taken more time. My question to you guys is, I, I don't know if any of you guys are really hardcore MMO players, but do you see this kind of, like, time requirement as being super-duper epic because one can only imagine the satisfaction you'd feel after taking a literal day to defeat a dragon or something like that? Or is this the worst thing that has ever happened to mankind and will signal the beginning of the end for uh, all that we hold dear? Jim, you were laughing pretty hard. Because it's so funny. <laughs> I just, I've just got this image of like this PC with this, you know, a dragon on the screen, and just stretching, stretching out from the uh, computer, is just rows upon rows of bodies and people <laughs> being carried out on stretchers, like, like Saving Private Ryan, and you've got all these. You've got medics rushing around tending to the war wounded as just another poor soul is almost like um, uh, Stalingrad or something where, you know, the first row are given mice and then when they all fall over dead, the second row pick up their mouse and then they start clicking <laughs> away. <laughs> that's, that's kind of the image I've got. But, oh, it's dreadfully funny. It's, it's richly comic. Just this... These poor, poor, sad gits vomiting <laughs> over their keyboards and then just wiping it off and carrying on. <laughs> it's so I'm, funny. <laughs> I no, I don't know though. I I refuse to believe this vomiting bullshit. Like, like, come on. Okay, now if okay, let me ask you this: If you were the type to spend eighteen hours in front of a computer, um, trying trying to beat a boss in Final Fantasy XI, I would imagine you're also the type to exaggerate a little bit. You know, maybe it's like, you're like, dude, you have no idea. No, you have no. Why are you saying that, dude? It was serious business, okay? My Link Shell and I got together. We fucking planned it out for like four weeks. You know, we had charts and shit. And then, and then we all got together, and I, I, got, I got a big bag of, of gummy bears to last me through and a full case of Mountain Dew, and then I just like sat there, and it was like 18 hours, and I was just like rot, and I was bleeding and shit. It was fucking awful, and it's like, oh my god, you have no idea how intense it was. Fuck that, dude. I spent. It's not like okay. I can imagine that after, I don't know, a certain amount of time in front of a computer screen, you probably need a break, and occasionally you might need to shit. But you know, I mean, like I, shit. I've spent 18 hours a day in, in front of a computer just working, you know, on various crap. And I felt okay, you know, like, and I imagine that, that trying to write shit at a rapid pace because my deadline is creeping up my butt is a little more intense than sitting there clicking the same shit over and over and rotating people in and out to fight some big fucking, uh, god damn it. I, well, do you have to work in a room full of, like, really, really smelly, potentially obese people who have also been there for 18 hours without stopping to shower or, and possibly maybe one of them vomited and that caused more to vomit or something? Plus okay, yeah, but that's like one plastic bag that they all poo in. <laughs> There's uh, no one big bedpan they all share. And a trough that they eat out of. <laughs> they just they just pour in like cake and potato chips all in one trough and then or feed bags like horses so they can carry on playing it. It's probably not going to be pleasant. Lindy, rebuttal. <laughs> I I know I agree. <laughs> I can't really rebut that. That's that's probably to be true. Serious. I imagine that. To, what's that? 
I mean, I've not played Final Fantasy XI, but to be serious, there are certain games I can't play before they start physically affecting me. Like, um, and I hate to bring it up again because we always do, but um, Half-Life 2. I can't play it for more than a few hours at a time because I start getting really bad headaches. And I'm not sure what it is. I, there's just some, well, yeah, but like, okay, engine, but, yeah, but lots something of, about lots the of source people. engine that hurts. Yeah, yeah, lots of people report on that. It's the depth of field in the source engine that gives people a lot of problems. And that's that's a legitimate concern. But I mean if you're but you know, Final Fantasy eleven is not a first person game. It's you and I imagine that a lot of the time they spent sitting there, like was probably you know, most of that time was probably just spent doing the same attacks over and over and over and over. And it's like who, who how could that possibly how could you you have to be pretty fucking weak. That's what I'm okay, you know what? Let's go with this. Yeah. You gotta be pretty fucking weak. To not be able to handle playing a video game sitting on your ass for a while. Like, Christ on a cross, dude. Like, if that's your biggest problem, you might as well just fucking kill yourself. Because let me tell you, dude, the world is a lot fucking harder than that, man. God damn it. I played Final Fantasy XI for 18 hours, and I'm just falling apart. I'd like to imagine that before they fainted, they'd say, Oh, Lordy, I have the vapors, and then would just sort of fall over dramatically. As people uh, oh, God, just kill yourselves. Seriously, if you're one of those fucking kill yourself, I just, Submit- you're not going to make it. You're not going to make <laughs> it. Submit it sounds like you're trying to, to get in a word there. Uh, I mean, you know, Jim thinks it's hilarious. Uh, you know, Aaron is... Uh, I don't thinks think it's hilarious. I know it's hilarious. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, I'll... I'll yeah. Jim knows it's hilarious. Aaron thinks they're, or says they're exaggerating. I just think it's... Uh, pathetic, the the entire thing. I mean, I I don't know. I'm not an MMO MMO guy at all, um, and uh, it, it's. I mean, it's just, it just I I can't. I mean, I I've never done. Really, I don't think I've done anything for 18 hours. Maybe sleep. Maybe. I don't know, but uh, it it just it it seems and and you know this. Goes, uh, they have all those other stories about the the uh, the MMO players in China who like some guy like played for I don't know forty hours or something and died at his computer and things like that. Um, if if uh, if the game that you're playing is affecting your health to the point where you know you're sitting there for eighteen hours, you haven't eaten, you haven't gotten up to go to the bathroom or something like that, um, then uh, you know that's that's your body sending messages that maybe you should stop, take take a little <laughs> breather, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I'm just amazed. <laughs> when I hear something like 18 hour boss, it almost makes me think of like those restaurants you go to where they have some signature dish they're really proud of that's like huge, like you know, like a hamburger that weighs like 40 pounds. It's like if you can eat it, then we'll give you like meals for free for the rest of your life. And it, it almost like seems to me like that's appealing to this just that that part of these people's brains that like ah, oh, it's such a big thing. It sounds so incredibly difficult that I have to do it. And it, what's more, I don't even need to really eat something and possibly die. But then, of course, they end up dying anyway. I don't know. I don't well, even know how it's possible. I actually, I, I can't, I can't work out how it would take eighteen. How any any boss in any game would take eighteen hours, especially in an RPG where you know damage is always given and taken. It's like how how can any fight in an RPG last for? Sorry, I, I, I suddenly no, I, I agree myself. with myself. It's just, it boggles someone. I mean, I've had long RPG fights before. I had this, like, one of my most memorable times with any RPG was, uh, funnily enough, Final Fantasy X against, I think it was Una Lester, I think her name was, the boss. But, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that one lasted a long time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I spent so long on it, not eighteen hours. Um, I don't know, probably between maybe half an hour, maybe an hour, but probably not that long. But it felt like an hour at, at any rate, and it was fucking awesome. It was really awesome to have such a long fight, but it's not something that I'd like to do all the time, and it's not something I'd like to see stretched to 18 hours. Um, mainly because, you know, I have a girlfriend and I have a job, and I'm not stupid. <laughs> That's cool. I honestly, I can't, I, I'm, I can't even like imagine what it would be like to spend a full hour fighting this guy and then see his, his health bar go down like one tenth of a centimeter and just like look at that and realize that's what you're in for for the next like up to at the ten more hours. Like I, mm. the, the willpower or just the lack of other things to do it, it must have taken to actually power through and get all the way to 18 hours. I mean, and then they weren't done. So thank God these people <laughs> knew their limits to some degree. They stopped. Well, I mean, maybe it was because everybody was passed out, but... Wasn't the story that they actually beat one boss that was 18 hours? Took them 18 hours to beat it. And, you know, that was that. And But then wasn't uh, Square Enix brought out a new set of bosses that were even tougher than that? And then they got to 18 hours, realised he wasn't going down as easily as the last one, and then gave up. I, Do you I think... can't remember the story exactly, but I think that's how it went down. Well, if that's the case, and if Square Enix is just constantly, you know, cranking up the, the difficulty level, do you think that's, like, douchebaggy of them to do, or are they just satisfying their fans? Do, do you think they, these, these fans are slaves to what Square Enix is dealing out there, their dealer? Or is it just a matter of, you know, making something more fun for them? Maybe Square Enix knows what we know about these types of people, and thus is trying to euthanize them. <laughs> you know, just well, wait, slowly... Wait, wait, wait. Is is this a by introducing? A... Um, Go ahead, submit. Yeah, is is this a is eleven a like a subscription based thing? Because then maybe that you know they're uh, they got to keep them hooked to to it know, is, yeah, take the... take their money. Yeah, yeah, it's a... yeah, yeah. It's it's end game content. I mean, and and you know, I I bet when Lich King comes out, I know that like. What is it supposed to be that that Lich King in in the World of Warcraft expansion, Wrath of the Lich King, they're going to allow people to uh, take on Arthas? Uh, he's the villain from the uh, from Warcraft three and and the the expansion and shit. Um, like I imagine that that is not going to be easy, and that's going to take a shitload of time too, and a lot of planning and that kind of thing. But there is a limit. I mean, like I can uh, like I don't know. I can see spending um, you know like if a boss took like an hour of hard fucking fighting, that'd be one thing. But but eighteen is just kind of ridiculous. And if there's a level cap in 11, and I'm pretty sure there is, then, you know, what's there's really no point to it. Like, if it's going to take 18 hours when you're at the top of the game, you know, it's like, fuck you, I don't want to do that. It's, this ties into something interesting that, um, I guess, just to, to serve as a preview of next week's episode of Podtoad, where we're going to have John Jonathan Blow, the guy who designed and programmed uh, Braid, in a, a sort of roundtable discussion about the game. Um, it reminds me of something he said on a, in a, in a, in a, in a what was it? Uh, a speech he gave, where he was saying that games like World of Warcraft are actually immoral. He called them immoral uh, in the same way that I guess you know McDonald's not caring about the the content of their burgers or whatever is immoral because it it, it takes all your money and all your time and 
it basically treats gamers in the same way that Square Enix is treating these guys if they're not doing something as as philanthropic as actually trying to euthanize them if they're just trying to get their money. That I mean, it's just you, you, you basically become a slave to it because they keep doling out these rewards at a perfect pace. You keep feeling the sense of progression, but you're never really getting. You're just running in place. And I, I haven't played them for that very reason, just because I'm so scared of what other people say. So I'm, I guess I'm not the, the most qualified to talk about it, but it's, it does remind me of something he said. Don't let Jonathan Blow say that next week. Because after what I'll say to him, he'll never come on again. Well, you can say, you can say it now so that you don't have to worry about like, offending him if I accidentally bring it up. No, it's... Um, I don't know, calling it immoral is wrong. It's amoral, certainly, but you know, it's not wrong to take money from people who are willing to give it to you if you give them what they want. Simple as that. You know, if Square Enix can make money from selling 18-hour death pacts with people, then by all means, more power to them. You know, it's, it, the problem lies not with the people charging the money, but with the people giving the money, as I've always said. But, you know, I'm not the one who charged 1,200 points for a game. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, he kind of isn't either, but I don't know. Well, he says it's, well, yeah, easy, I mean, to, it, it's easy to blame Microsoft. Well, I mean, I'm, in my understanding of the I'm reviews is... Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's... We all know. You we, you like the game, so it's... Which... I, well, he I actually sent me an email about it, that and was so. like... Yeah, true. But he sent me an email, and we were like, holy shit, Jim likes the game? Because he listened to... Because everybody on the planet that we talk shit about for that Art House Games episode listened to it. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm not even That's beginning so to joke. Like, every single person has listened to it. And uh, <laughs> so now they basically look at, like, everyone except for me as, like, completely anti-art game. So anytime we say anything pro our game, it's, it's a really surprising sort of uh, development. I, I must admit, though, I really felt bad about that one guy I really laid into when he revealed that he was actually yeah. When he really he revealed that he was actually like the coolest guy in the world. Yeah, and, he's the fucking be- he's a badass. Because um, for people who didn't see it, I accused him of being a pretentious wine drinking twat who wears a scarf indoors, and then he. <laughs> He, he actually took a photo of himself wearing a scarf indoors <laughs> with with this most pompous look on his face and it was the best thing ever. And it just it, yeah. it makes me wish that I liked his games. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. Anyway. Um next story. Um the, uh, a recent study found out that by by a NPD Found that the that the plurality of gamers, about twenty two percent of gamers, can be lumped into a, lumped. I counted same fucking Swedish, uh, lumped into a category called young heavy gamers. They don't have the most buying power. About three percent do. Called extreme gamers. Um, when they say heavy, do they mean fat? They mean fat. I, they don't mean like are you sure? heavy hitting. They mean like fat. Uh, yeah, uh, wait. I, th- I thought they meant like. See, I, I was like, I was kidding. Are you? Oh god! Did I really misread that? I did. <laughs> I lured you into a false sense of security. You lured me into everything. I know. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> you can edit that out if you want. No, I was just trying to make it funny, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! I'm sorry, Anthony. 
Well, they don't, they don't even they don't even <laughs> specify what they mean. They could very well mean that. Could, I'm that could sure. Be no, a, no, 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 no. If this is the NPD, if this is the MPD, I'm sure they're talking about usage. They don't give a shit about weight. That doesn't matter to them. Yeah. Well, that that doesn't even make sense because they're saying okay, Fortnite analyzes no, the- seven gamer segments, blah blah blah, usage and frequency, and then with 38 million gamers in each segment, young heavy gamers make up the largest group, while extreme gamers show a preference for for PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 games. I'm the dumbest man on the planet. I wish I, <laughs> wish I were dead. So, okay, but, uh, extreme gamers are the smallest group, but they lead all segments in purchasing power. They buy 24... And of course, by, by them being the smallest segment, um, it means they're short, right, Anthony? I wish I was dead. I wish I'd <laughs> slit my wrists right as I began to talk. I don't even know if I can edit this out now because you guys making fun of me is probably entertaining as fuck. There's so much joy inside me right now. <laughs> no, I can't. Awesome. Wonderful. I'm resigning as Pod Toy Toast. I don't deserve to be on the new site if I honestly read the word heavy and I just think it means fat. No, 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 no. You did. I don't think you think it meant, it meant uh, whatever. Anyway, yes, I fucked you up. I'm sorry. What do you mean you fucked me up? I fucked me up. <laughs> no, Anthony, yeah. it's everyone's fault. Don't, don't apologize for me, Aaron. It's just me. To be honest, I saw you. Oh fuck you, Adam! Was... Adam Dork just typed in "fat weapons guy?" question mark from Team Fortress Two, which is kind of what it means. <laughs> to be fair, when Sorry, I Jim. What were you saying? That, well, I first saw that story in the week. Saw young heavy gamers and thought to myself, "Oh, must mean people who game heavily." But then when you reposted it in the show notes, I actually just believed what you said. Well, oh, it, oh, fat people, okay. Well, that's, that's good, I guess. If, I, if I, 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 I can take being completely retarded if I can convince people to believe the retarded shit I say. I think that's okay. Well, you have a good uh, future in the Catholic Church, won't you? Yeah, boy. <laughs> for the record, I didn't believe a word you said for one second. I'm, thank you, Samit. <laughs> <sighs> Let's move right on ahead into reader questions while I open my arteries. <laughs> Dexter three four five asks. <laughs> Dexter three four five asks. Fable two pub games. Is it a lame cash in or a clever way to get people to pre order Fable two, or is it both? Uh, Lindy, what do you think? Ah, oh, God, I could not give a shit. I mean, yeah. How much is it on Xbox Live Marketplace? It's uh, is it eight hundred points? points. Yep. Yeah, that's the dumbest. Uh, like, uh, has anybody played it? I, I don't know about any of it because well, I, I haven't. Isn't there it yet, some? But... There's some. some... Some pre-order deal where it like helps with the pre-order. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you can pre-order it and get it, or you can actually buy it. But either way, all it amounts to is a series of, from what I hear, substandard casino games that let you get money to use in a game that you don't own yet. Like, I mean, I can I can dig that people will be into that if they're really into Fable, but like I, I, I don't want to play a game that's ancillary to another product, especially one that costs sixty bucks. Like, if I'm gonna buy a game, you know, like that's the thing. It's like I'm. I'm not judging it based on it, on its merits at a, as a pre-order bonus. You know, like uh, I'm sure that, you know if you're gonna get Fable Two and you've pre-ordered it, it's a good bonus, good for you. But that they offer it actually for purchase like blows my mind. It's like why would you do that? Like that's uh, because somebody because somebody will buy it. That's why. Yeah, I mean, they've yeah. got a reason not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure they do. Anyway, I, 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 mean, could, if, I could give. If there it were a game, 
if there were a game coming out that you're really looking forward to, and I mean, like the same, I, I mean, this doesn't make any sense for what the game is, but let's say you know, Left 4 Dead had some sort of thing where you could play again. Let's pretend the game was maybe even a little bit fun, you know, before the game comes out that you can play and it'll it'll give you something that you can use in the regular game. I mean, would you like to see that maybe used with with better games for the individual downloadable content and for a game you're actually looking forward to? Is the idea of that format at all interesting to you? Yeah, just so long as I don't have to pay for it. I mean, like if that's if they, you know. I don't want to have to. If the thing is, if I'd have to pay for it, I'm just like, fuck you. I'll just save that money for the actual game. You know, I can make money in the game too. You know, uh, it works just as well, I'm sure. And I mean, the thing is, if it's actually fun, though, I mean, if if it can stand on its own as an actual game, it's like, of course, yes, I'd be interested. Um, but you know, I it just if it's something that the the sole purpose is to generate cash for you know the the full game, you know, I'm like, I don't want to pay for that. I'll just I'll just do it when I buy the actual game. You know. But from what I understand, uh, pub games is not. Yeah, it's it's just sort of like a, you know, it's just a, a, a somewhat. From what I've heard of it, it's a meager, you know, rather substandard collection of, you know, casino games. Which is like, I I don't care, <laughs> I don't give a shit. I you know I I like the only thing I like less than casino games are casino games that suck. You know, so. Um, so that's fair. Um, yeah, I I, I don't. Again, I feel like the only point is for them to do this is because they can make money. And first, they can they can you know rope people in to, to pre-order people who are like, oh, I'm not gonna pay for it, but I will pre-order the game. You know, they'll, they'll get them that way, or they'll get people to actually go spend the whatever. What are the 800 points? Is that what, that what it costs? Yep. I don't. Yep. Yeah. So that into to to spend that on the game. Um, and uh, I don't know. For me personally, I I don't uh, like you know casino games like. Any any sort of card game or anything anything like that, I don't ever like playing them in video game form. It's like, I mean it's it's like just some I don't know yeah. random num- a, number a random pack number of generator. Cards costs a lot less, and you know yeah, that's all I'm saying. So I mean you're, you're just paying real money with those. Yeah, um, Jim. But uh, but yeah, some. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm Everything done. I'm doing is wrong. Sorry. Eh? It's not your yeah. week, is it, Emily? It's not my week. Um, I don't know what that meant. Robot Fart asks, I've lost all will to live or continue. Robot Fart asks, Braid messes with time in a way nobody has before. Portal messes with portals in the same fashion. What sort of innovative game mechanic would you like or expect to see implemented in the future? Lindy Go. God damn it! I'm so tired of talking about innovation. You know what I want to see? I want to see an innovative game that that does things with. Fuck! I don't know. I want to see Boner Quest. That's what I, I want to see. Well, no, I mean, like, has, has there has there been anything you've seen? It's not as though like okay, the very nature of innovation suggests that it's a good idea that no one else has really had yet. So how the fuck am I supposed to say like <laughs> do something innovative with this? If I could say that, I'd have the idea and I'd probably have a fucking job in development, wouldn't I? Like I can't just pull innovation out of my ass. Like innovate something with this. I mean like there's so, there's there's a limited amount of shit that you can do with any given design component. The reason that portals were so fucking hot was because it was something that no one had really done before. And the reason that braid worked out so well is because it took the time mechanic and completely turned it on its ass. But, I mean, there's only so many ways you can fucking jump or shoot, so it's like, what else is there? I mean, I, I, I don't know. Fuck. Fuck you. Who asked that question? Fuck you. you don't, don't start insulting the people for having legitimate questions. That's a, that's an okay thing to say. 
No, I'm just I'm just so tired of this. I want innovation. I want innovation, innovation. Now just just it, it, yes, innovation is fantastic and I love it when I see it. But I'm so tired of innovation being some kind of fucking premium and you know that that is demanded from every single game. I mean shit. He wasn't demanding. You know, he was just saying, you know, if you wanted to see something, what would you like to see? That's all. I don't, I don't know. He just, he just shyly took off his hat, stepped forward from the crowd, asked you something politely and then moved backward. And you're acting like he raped your family. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm the evil fucking tyrant king right now who doesn't want to hear the word innovative right now. And I'm going to send that son of a bitch to the gallows and I'm going to hang him like the bastard he is. That's, I'm just, innovation. Fucking Christ. Yes. It's, it's fantastic, but no, I have no idea. I have no idea. I'll let someone smarter than me innovate something else. And then I'll point to it and say, innovation. Does anybody else have any different feelings on this? Or have we been mean enough to robot fart in the past three minutes? Oh, is that is that a thing? I apologize for being so mean to your robot fart. You're, I, it's a little late sc- for that. No, no, I'm just saying he's he's my scapegoat for for what has quickly become like an irritation directed at the entire industry and the entire gaming community. So it, no, he's just he got the short end of the stick today. I'm I'm sorry. So is that it for that subject? Anybody else? Anything to say? I think Aaron's put it quite concisely. <laughs> guns. Do something with guns. I mean, like, really, you know? Yeah, you know okay. what? I want to make, I want to make, a, I, want, I want to see a game that innovates, innovates in terms of loading. I want realistic loading mechanics. Like, when I have to reload my weapon, I don't want to just push a button, right? I want to have to turn the controller in such a way that it's like I'm picking up a clip and then, like, shake the controller. Okay, 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 okay. Capcom and I asks, wanna, and I want to do that every single time that's not that I have to reload my weapon. It doesn't have the word innovation in Capcom. You had a question that was... Why didn't you talk about the Nintendo 64 on Podtoid 64? Which was a very good point, because I didn't even know what fucking number of the episode was yesterday. So, with that in mind, do any of you have any very, very fond... What do you guys think about the Nintendo 64 as a system? I mean, obviously we could devote an entire episode to this shit, but just, like... I I hated everything about the Nintendo 64, save for the fact that it gave me, like, three of my favorite games of all time. And I have no idea how I can have those two differing opinions. But I mean, submit. So, so, did you did you have an N sixty four? Did you ever play an N sixty four? I didn't own one, but I I played a ton of N sixty four because um, my uh, one of my best friends had Perfect Dark, and you know a group of us, and we we'd go over to his house every afternoon uh, after school, and we just play Perfect Dark, and um, it was you know it was a lot of fun. Um, my my I guess general sort of uh, impressions of the N sixty four as a console were that um, it was sort of almost an anachronism because the PlayStation had moved on to the uh to, to disc based games and, and that was I mean that would obviously become the future and it was still sitting in, in cartridge territory, uh as it were. Um but I mean, you know, there were a lot of good games but I mean, I don't know, I'm biased. I had I had a PlayStation, so Fair enough. Uh Jim, did you ever did you have any experience with the system? Um I've got one in my cupboard, um, but there's no wires or controllers for it. It's literally just the unit. Um, my brother stole most of it and sold it. Uh, it's not even my N64, it's my other brother's N64. That was an interesting story. More next week. <laughs> <laughs> no, Lindy? Oh, okay. Oh, no, no. I thought, I thought, that, was, I thought that was it. No, continue, oh, no, please, by all means, Jim. I've played on it before. Um, I played Smash Brothers. 
and The Legend of Zelda, which I know obviously isn't Aaron's cup of tea, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, little known fact about, about me and my opinion of the N64. I not only hate, you know, Ocarina of Time, but I hate Mario 64, too. I thought Mario 64 was the biggest piece of shit ever, and, and same with every other good... <laughs> now. Okay, all right. What? I have heard people say they make that game legitimately. No, I make it legitimately. Uh, I didn't like it, uh, Mario 64. Okay, now wait a minute. Now that, I would say, is a bigger sin than... The, okay, no, hold up. Now, I'm, first of all, I'm not going to become complicit in this whole Lindy Hates Ocarina of Time thing. But if I did actually hate Ocarina of Time, I would say that hating Super Mario 64 is the greater sin. Honestly, had it not been for the fact that your sin came first... I would probably react the same way that I did to you, to Jim, right now. But it's been diminished. But I do agree with what you're saying. The difference is, between me and Aaron in this situation, is I don't give a fuck. (laughs) That's true. It probably would have just been a three-second conversation. We would have moved on. I really don't give a fuck whether it's a sin to not like that skiddy, skiddy Italian man game. Which I'm just okay, Jim. This is it's not. I'm not saying that it's a sin that you don't like the game. It's just, but let me ask you this: Do you at least appreciate the fact that every that almost everything good in gaming right now owes some small part of itself to Mario 64? I'm not denying the impact the game had. Absolutely no, no way, Jose. I'm. I. That's the most awkward colloquialism I've ever heard of you. I appreciate. <laughs> A, a British man should not say no way, Jose. <laughs> I appreciate and understand and respect what the game has done, but uh-huh. if I have to hear him while holding his ass go, ow, ow, I can appreciate that. But, uh, yeah, as for the rest of the system, I mean, like, yeah, I think the 64 is just, it's it's a system that unfortunately has, like Anthony said, has had some of my greatest, you know, my most favorite gaming experiences of all time. And I still don't understand, you know what, if people want something else to add to the stockpile, I don't get what the uh, what the big hubbub was over GoldenEye. Um, I thought that, you know... Did you play it was, when it, it came out? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, the multiplayer wow. was a lot of fun. I, I liked the multiplayer, and I think it was notable for that. And it was also notable in that it it basically established first-person shooters. And again, like kind of like how Jim feels with 60, Mario 64, I can appreciate what it did for first-person shooters on the console. That being said, uh, you know, it, it was funny because everyone at that time was like, oh my god, first-person shooters are like the wave of the future. I'm like, dude, I know. Get a PC, you fucking douchebag. Like, <laughs> here's a game called Half-Life. Grow up, you know. Um, because I was a fucking elitist back then, and I still kind of am. But like, uh, um... But yeah, but GoldenEye was a great game and did a lot and good good for that. And like, but other than that, there's like I don't know, five or six games maybe that I would really want to go back and play. Um, it's like Mario 64 and Pilot Wing 64 was really great. That those I got those two games at launch. Um, Ogre Battle 64, uh, Mischief Makers. Oh God, what else? Conquers Bad Fur Day. Uh, Conquers Bad Fur Day was really fucking great. Um, Banjo Kazooie was awesome. Uh, Donkey Kong 64 is a piece of shit, but that's okay. Uh, God. There's a couple more, but I mean, like, yeah, there were, I mean, um, yeah, there were, it was, it, it was a console that I think just, was just, uh, unfairly limited by its hardware. Um, and there were a lot of people trying to do a lot of great things with it that just, they just couldn't, because, uh, Yamauchi is a fucking... That's familiar. Yeah. Huh? 
nuts. It sounds familiar. Uh, yeah, yeah, no kidding. But um, but yeah, it's like uh, yeah, a lot of those games are incredible, and I don't think could have happened anywhere else. I mean, uh, you know, being that they were Nintendo games, but you know, it's just a shame. I'm just happy they're all coming out on virtual console, so I don't have to dig up my 64 anymore. Yeah, but do you want to really spend ten bucks on them? For some of them, yeah, I'd pay ten bucks for uh, Pilot Wings. Um, I'd I'd pay ten bucks for Mischief Makers again, even though I already Fair own enough. them. Just for the, just for the liberty of not having to uh, dig out my sixty four. Plus, I like using the you know classic controller more than I like using a the, uh, uh, you know more than I like the N sixty four controller more than I like digging that system yeah. out. So, well, that was yeah, that was my main again. I was saying, you were saying hardware. That was my main problem with the sixty four, which is why I liked the PlayStation much better. Was, I mean, you know, I'm a sports guy, and the sports games were pretty much uniformly awful on the N64 simply because of its controller. I remember trying to play Tony Hawk on um, the N64 when, when they brought it over, from, and I just couldn't do it because the the controller was so bad for sports games. It really was not conducive to playing sports games at all, and that's why I preferred my PlayStation, PlayStation 1 playing sports games like Madden and stuff on there. Right on. Um, sorry? Uh, Nobody's Dream asks, with the shitstorm over reviews and journalistic integrity coming out so much in the video game industry lately, do you guys feel we should begin to critique games in a more in-depth manner akin to movies, music, and literature rather than just saying, it's got good blood and boobs, shooting shit is easy, 10 out of 10? Um, I mean, he's basically asking a question that, that I've, we've brought up to a degree, but I mean, do you guys feel like there's any outlet or that we should be doing more legitimate critique of games rather than just sort of consumer reviews, which is what... I think anything with a number score is in, in, in intensively just a consumer review. Do you guys want to write more like legitimate critique, or do you want to see more? Or are you happy with the way things are, Jim? Your your reviews editor, obviously. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I've I've been interested in the idea of doing criticism as opposed to doing reviews ever since I uh, attended a talk that was given by Ernest Adams, who is. Um, He's a game designer and a game like computing design teacher, and he's written a lot of books. And he's he did a talk about video games as art, and he said one of the things that is important in video games being accepted in as art is actually having video game critics instead of reviewers. And funny enough, with the last review I did, which was the Braid review, I. In a way, I was uh, semi-consciously trying to be more critical than I've been in the past, and actually try and try and do criticism instead of reviewing, and actually try and not just sort of say this gameplay is good, this bit is you know being formulaic as a lot of my reviews used to be. Um, so it's something I'm trying to do. I'm trying to develop a more critical kind of thing. Which is hard to do when you get games like Summer Athletics posted to you. <laughs> what does Summer Athletics say about the human condition? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's... I'd like to see more criticism. I don't know if I'd like to see it all across the board. Or even if I'm the right person to do it. I'm probably not. Uh, it strikes me as maybe not the right venue for it. Um... But who knows, maybe it is. But I would definitely like to see a lot more kind of analysis rather than just straight-up formulaic reviewing. Uh, Samit, what do you think? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's it's a great uh, direction for the industry to move in, or for you know, video game journalism to move in in the future. Um, but uh, you know, saying for, for like you know, he said akin to movies, music, and literature. Um, I feel like a lot of uh, critiquing in, in you know, sort of putting stuff in perspective and that sort of thing also requires um, a, a sort of, you know, history to the medium. And, um, you know, games are, are still a very new medium. Um, so I think maybe when, uh, you know, maybe when, like, we, you know, people our age have kids and things like that, then, you know, then maybe we'll start to see um, something, you know, more critiquing as opposed to just the formulaic review stuff. Well, do you think we do you think we could we could age the 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 medium itself along by starting to critique it and deal with it in that serious kind of way? Yeah, I, I mean it's it's certainly um, uh, I'm not saying it's like not doable now just because you know games have only been around for whatever thirty years or something like that. But um, uh, and and you know it's I think it would be helped along if uh, people started to do that because it's got to start somewhere. But um, I think again, as it, as it as the industry gets uh, older, it, it'll be helped along further by that. Mindy, um, yeah, I I think that uh, my colleagues have put it fairly succinctly. I don't really have much to add to that, except to say that I guess that um, I, I know in the grand scheme of things that things are <laughs> in the grand scheme of, of game. In journalism, I, I guess things are always evolving, and when I know that there there have been specific events um, uh, that uh, have, you know, like Gersman Gate and all that nonsense that have have uh, accelerated things, and you know, people are and the maturity is starting to ramp up a little bit. I mean, granted, not everyone is moving in that direction, but um, I I don't know. I guess I think to some degree there's always going to be that element of just game reviews because people who want to get into games journalism have this expectation of what a review is. I know that's exactly what I had and um, and you know things started changing of course as we moved along but you know with with the imposition of such of such uh, conventions of of the um, of of game reviews like you know scores and shit there are some assumptions that go along with that namely what you know kind of following in the footsteps of what's come before and I think it's going to take some sort of massive revolution before everyone's just going to step, step back and say okay Maybe we'll stop doing this in terms of like, a, oh, you have no idea how great this is. The gameplay is awesome. The sound is not so bad. But da, 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 you know, like moving down the line. Um, uh, but I think that uh, mass market consumer oriented sites are always going to do things that way, even if it's just to a lesser extent. But I think there's always going to be an element of that in there. I don't think that we're capable about growing it because at the end of the day, it's an entertainment medium and you have to kind of you have to skew your content to the largest you know the broadest demographic that you can, and there is a sense of um, of just ease of use when it comes to reviews like that. You know, a lot of people don't want to read you know really in depth shit. They just want to say, they just want someone to tell them, okay, the graphics are good, but the sound isn't great, but the gameplay is fun, but the replayability isn't. You know, and stack that up on shit. You know, and they can mm-hmm. say, well, this this looks great on my HD TV, so I'm going to buy it. You know, I don't care if the replayability is bad. But then the other guy's like, oh, but I want to play a game like over and over and over, but I don't give a shit about graphics, etc. You know. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, I th- I think that there's there's room for for both ways of doing that in the industry. Like I mean, mm. even e- even in the seeing movie reviews, for example, um, if if you want to just know about you know okay how is you know all the plot and maybe the cinematography and stuff like that, you know you you can 
find reviews like that. Um, but then you can find a review by something maybe something like um, somebody some wow excuse me written by somebody like A.O. Scott. Uh, in the New York Times, where you know, I, mean, I, th- I th- remember reading his review of of Wally, and you know, he, co- he compared it to Charlie Chaplin, things like that. Um, so, so. I, I oh yeah, and I, I definitely there's going to be think there's going to be room for it, but I think that the market yeah. in that I think the, the the sort of mass market approach, you know, where you're writing shit like you know, um, oh god, who was that obnoxious reviewer who had the mustache and. Made a lot of bad puns. What the fuck was his name? Joel Siegel. Uh, Joel Siegel. You know, there's going to be like the gaming equivalents of Joel Siegel. It's like you know, uh, go out and grab Bionic Commando rearmed. You know, or something. <laughs> you, know, <it's>, uh, <laughs> you know, one of these is I'm just going to sit down and think of like a bunch of really shitty punny reviews. I'm amazed was, you um, came up with it just off the top of your head. Well, yeah. Tyson's <laughs> got to put that in his destructoid review. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but like you know, there's always going to be. Just as just as there is an emerging market for the uh, uh, for the, the the more you know learned reviews and the reviews that go a little bit farther and try to and the critiques, if you will, I think I, I think that the mass market just because that's the way shit is starting to work. I mean, gaming in general is starting to reflect other elements of pop culture in a broad way. I mean, it's it, whereas it used to be very niche, now it's starting to take on the the, the kinds of characteristics that we've started that, or that we've seen forever in like pop culture and movies and music and that kind of thing. Kind of like Jim was saying earlier that you know. Um, as we democratize the the medium, you know, it it tends to reflect us in a broad way, and I think part of that is the fact that most of the reviews and most of the journalism that we're going to be seeing is going to be aimed towards that broader demographic that doesn't want, you know, that doesn't want, you know, this reminds me of Charlie Chaplin as so much as they want, you know, you know, I got see see now I'm stumped. I can't think of anything better. <laughs> <laughs> Hijack a car and go buy Grand Theft Auto. I don't know. <laughs> this game is bio shocking. <laughs> yeah, see, there you go. Right, right, right. Oh, That's... <laughs> oh incidentally, as I read that, I refreshed the homepage and Jim's ar- Jim wrote an article called Jonathan Sales Don't Blow. Braid is still doing well. Yeah. <laughs> this game certainly doesn't blow. Yeah, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Adam Dorick has just replied to us saying resistance. It's going to be hard to resist this one. Yeah. <laughs> At thirty-nine ninety-nine, thief is a steal. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to start doing that either full time on Destructoid or just do an entire Pontoid episode where we just do those. <laughs> just try to outdo each other. It's like yeah. <laughs> Should be like a sucker. Punch is going to be infamous for their latest superhero game. <laughs> Tip has a thing. We're all going to have to wear like fake mustaches while we do it. <laughs> Nobody will know, but it'll be okay because we'll know inside. Tiff actually had this thing she was coming up with. With um, actually, no, I probably shouldn't say because she might actually try to do something big with it. I don't know. Anyway, um, next reader question. Uh, Nihon Tiger 90 asks something, and I don't want to be prejudiced, and I don't want to say this is just for one person on the staff, but it is just for one person who's currently on the cast. Is EA Sports' current structure of releasing a new Madden NCAA football, etc. Et title every 12 months, <laughs> resulting in the number of glitches we are seeing in these games? Is 12 months a long enough des- development cycle for these kinds of games? What would you like to see change in this genre? Why? Anyone can talk about this. I'm not going to Paul on one person because that would be unfair. But if anybody knows about sports games more than other okay. members of the cast, well, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because I, you know, let me tell you, 
I am a fucking <laughs> expert at at Madden. You know, I've I played like what ninety four through ninety six. You know, I think that's a pretty good range. I think I'm qualified to speak. Yep, I'm right now. All right, submit, speak. Go. <laughs> All right. Um... This game is maddening. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> oh, oh nine. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, wow. Um, so, so the thing, the thing is, the, the uh, I mean, he's you know he's saying the current structure of of releasing the game every year, but that that's I, I feel like that's something rigid, and I, I don't I don't see that changing anytime soon. I, I don't think it can change um, because that's what uh, the story is, is demanded by by the public um, because what you know whether or not. Um, you you know you meaning like you know the sort of hard more hardcore gamer, you know wants there to be less glitches in his copy of uh, NCAA Football Nine doesn't really matter because the game's going to sell a billion copies and you know EA you know they'll certainly hear about it. And I I don't know that uh, um that sort of yearly thing can change because it's it's been the industry's been like that for so long and uh, also you know, I don't know that it that it's it's necessarily that the development cycle is is resulting in in, in the glitches. Um, a, a, lots of games have glitches, uh, and and that that includes games that have been in development for you know whatever three years. So it's it it is a lot of pressure for for the studios to have to put out a game. Every, you know, they, they, the game comes out, and then within a month they're already starting to work on next year's iteration. Um, but I, I don't think. I mean, I, I don't know that I, that I want to see change because um, there, the uh, that that sort of yearly thing is is very set in its its ways. And and did it, did I die? I died. No, I, it's okay. I'll just cut out all the dead air. It's fine. <laughs> okay, um, but um, but yeah. Uh, I, I don't. I mean, it, it's nice to think about, you know, maybe them saying, "Oh, we'll skip," you know, Madden, uh, Madden 2010, and and then, you know, because we're not satisfied with the product and we think there's too many glitches. But I, I don't think that's going to happen because, I mean, even I saw a video, a promotional video for Madden 09 where. Um, it was just an interview with John Madden. He was like, "Yeah, you know, every year we've been, you know, innovating and improving the game." So, and I'm sure you know they firmly believe that. So, I don't see that changing. Yeah. Well, hey, Smith, let me ask you this: Do you tend to in the sports series that you follow and the and the you know whatever uh, the yeah? I mean, do you, do you usually buy games year after year, or like do you? I mean, do you buy them oh, every year? Oh no, no, absolutely yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. Because like I was thinking, like I I I love fucking nhl i love it and i i but the thing is i only buy the game every three years or so and Mm -hmm. that kind of accomplishes the same feat for me it's like you know i it's you know yeah a lot of times the iterations that come out aren't fantastic but you know you wait for one that looks like it offers enough to you know because shit i'm still playing fucking man uh, madden nhl yeah that'd be um (laughs) best game idea ever (laughs) madden falling on his ass in an ice rink that'd be fucking awesome um the creators of lego like uh I, I still, <laughs> but not as good as Bonus Quest. No, no, nothing. Quest, <laughs> God damn it! Um, but I, I still play NHL 07. Like I, I haven't heard much about NHL 09 being all that much better. So it's like, why upgrade? It's like I don't, I don't need roster updates. The game is still fun. You know, I mm-hmm. don't need 
to have the most current, you know, whatever. I, it's not essential. So, like, anyone, I think that if, if anyone's going to get uptight about that thing, they have the option of not buying the game. It's just yeah. like a developer taking two years off, except for the fact that they didn't and they made a shitload of money. Um, you, you know, they, if, if they had advancements for uh, Madden 09 that weren't included in this most recent iteration, uh, that, that weren't included in the game as it was released, I'm sure they'll be in the next next year's edition, and you can just play that. Or better yet, you can just wait until the game drops to like 15 bucks, invariably drops this like 15 bucks in the next yeah. six to eight months, and buy it then. You know? Mm-hmm. Aberrant has a very, very quick question that I think a lot of our, our listeners are probably interested in, and it's uh, will Jim be at PAX? Because he has a gold-plated monocle in his lap hand as he's typing this and he wants jim sterling to be the new owner of this exceptionally beautiful eye accessory it would be a great honor to pass this on to the one and only who can truly embrace the power that possess- possesses so no that answers Aww. that oh <laughs> wait why did i even ask you that i knew that but not the listeners didn't know oh yeah jim and i are going to be started on events yeah. I will and will not be going to this year. Don't get me fucking started. But, but I mean, we're going to be playing Castle Crashers while everybody else is going to be on planes and stuff. That's good. That's cool. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be if, moving. So you, guys got, you, both, you guys both got me beat. <laughs> um, KMCC asks, how do you feel about the label Gamer? And I think we may have asked, we talked about this before, so if we have, feel free to stop me, but Personally, I dislike the label. It feels way too much like a marketing term. It makes me feel like a target demographic, which I know I am in a way, but it feels kind of shallow. Besides games, I like to read, but I don't consider myself a reader. Uh, do you guys agree with this, or do you think it's just helpful for you know talking to us, talking about gamers, I guess, the, the, the group? Submit? Uh, I, I mean, what else are you going to call them? Game players? Uh... I, I don't know. It, it's well. I guess uh, it's a larger it's, question of is it even rational to to compartmentalize the people who play games anymore? Is gaming big enough that we shouldn't even be able to? We shouldn't have to say that anymore. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I mean, I I, st- I guess that the term gamer still holds some negative connotations of you know the guy in his mom's basement or or whatever. Um, but. Again, um, I think, and Jim said this before. Uh, this is happening now, and you know, in the future, you know, n- the normal people, or you know, the majority of people, will be will be people who play games. Um, so maybe it'll become obsolete. The term will become obsolete in the future um, when everybody plays games. But I, I don't think it's quite there yet. Um, so for now. I, I, it's it's okay. I, I don't really have a problem. I, I don't dislike the term personally. Uh, Lindy or Jim, you have anything to add? No, I agree with some. Uh, some it, it's what else are you going to call them? It's convenient. And I'm I'm a lazy man, so if I can just tar everyone with the same brush, then you know, bully for me. <laughs> I'll, I'll get another ten stories up and be done in time for lunch. Mm-hmm. Aaron, all right. Uh, Mikeyed, I think is. I almost said milk eyed, and that would have been awful. 
Mikey asks, uh, I was listening to the, <laughs> I don't like, I don't like to make fun of people's typos, but I just really like the, the way this sounds. He says, I was listening to the Fog podcast on uh, a <laughs> I myself have never completed the game since I had actually reached a boss one way in the future found in the tunnels and got amazingly frustrated. So I quit and never played it again. Later on in life, I hear the game's all great and, th- and that I had reached a boss who I wasn't even supposed to fight yet, so I thought I might give it another go. Have you guys played any epic games that you have totally quit on that you ever came back to or that you want to come back to? Uh, Jim? Um, I don't know. I used to have a bad habit back in the day of playing, buying a game, playing it for half an hour, and then practically forgetting I owned it for several months before going back and finishing it all in like one day. I did that with Second Sight and uh, Warrior Within, which isn't the same thing he asked, but I just thought I'd say it. Um, the only game I've quit on at the moment is um, I not downloaded a um, copy of Final Fantasy VI, which is a huge black mark in my to-do list, is to get that played. Um, but the problem is I uh, not saved the game on my not uh, ROM file. Right in part where I'd screwed myself over, because it's that bit where you fight Kefka in the snow and you choose like three different... You have to split your party up into like three separate teams. Spoilers, by the way. And... <laughs> I kind of split them all up into the wrong teams, so the, by the time I reached Kefka, the two people I had to fight him were completely ill-equipped to do so. And so, you know, there was no way I could win, but I'd saved halfway through that after I'd made my decision. So, I'd lost the entire game. Jeez. So, I need to start that again sometime. Um, once I once I feel, once I have enough money where I feel comfortable wasting it, I'm going to get um get my PSP sorted out for homebrew and get it on that because I just I find it very hard to play ROMs on a PC. I need it on a portable kind of device, otherwise I won't play it. So I'll do that and then I'll finally get six done. Submit any games like that for you. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if these are necessarily um, epic games, but um, uh, Resistance Fall of Man for the PS3, uh, I, uh, I quit on it um, at the very beginning of the last level just because uh, I, A, well, I, uh, God of War 2 had just come out and I moved on to that, but also, and I think I've said this before, um, I really wasn't compelled at all to continue because... You know, I didn't care about the story at all. Um, but I ended up going back to that um, just just to beat it because I was like, whatever, I'm on the last level. That's fine. And um, I was playing... Um, this is a story that's similar to Jim's. I was playing Medal of Honor Allied Assault on the PC um, a while ago. And uh, I was... Uh, uh, similar. Uh, on the last level of that game, um, I... Uh, that you can quick save. And I quick saved right before a sniper's bullet hit me in the face. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, that's that's the only save state that I can load. So, um, uh-huh. yeah, it's fruitless. Did you, and I'm, did you do that thing, Summit, where um, you reload it and move, try and move the character fairly oh, fast? Oh, of course, yeah. 
and it never works. I, you do it no, I, times. I, yeah, I, I load the game. I'm, I'm, I'm as I'm holding like the up button, you know, the up key to try to move. Nope, left, right, back. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> The only thing that's worse than that is back in the days before they were smart enough to disable the quick save button after you die. So you could qu- you could hit quick save instead of quick load because they used to be F5 and F6, and then you just save after you're already dead, and there's no way to ever get back to that. Thankfully, they got rid of that after like Half-Life, but Jesus Christ. Um, I tried. Adam's saying, hold crouch button. No, believe me, I tried everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's fruitless. The bummer. Um I, I pretty much every every RPG I've ever played in my entire life, I have had this sort of thing where I didn't finish it. I get to some point, because uh, I'm horrible about leveling. In Baldur's Gate, I got to the last fight with Arenicus, and none of my characters were strong enough to kill him. Uh, Final Fantasy VII, I got to Bizarro Sephiroth, and it would, I couldn't kill him. Uh, yeah, pretty much every RPG I've ever played in my entire life. Earthbound started that, Chrono Trigger started that, but I just can't fucking finish them. I don't have it in me. But, except for Fallout. And... Go ahead. I sound totally the same way. I call it last dungeon syndrome, where mm-hmm. I get to the you know the, the last dungeon of an RPG and I just can't go through with it. Um, I've done that with many Final Fantasies and a few other RPGs. Final Fantasy IX, which is like my favourite Final Fantasy, I've still not done the last dungeon of it because I just can't be bothered. I've got better things to do than grind up for it. Right. Um, well, that was our last reader question. I think we'll we'll wrap up Podtoid episode sixty five. Um, two notes for next week. Uh, actually, you know what? Fuck it. That'll be for the week after because we're not going to do the gimmicky stuff for John Blow. But but week after next, we'll do Joel Siegel stuff instead of Sonnets, and that'll be fun. Um, <laughs> but yeah, next week John Blow's coming on. All your questions about Braid, throw them at us. Um, we'll be talking with him about the game, and that's going to be really really cool. So tell your friends. Uh, I want to thank. Submit Sarkar, Aaron Lindy, and Jim Sterling for, for, as always, for being on the podcast. And as always, Adam Dork for, for recording. Um, I don't think Aaron's actually here right now, so I can probably say horrible things about him because he didn't tell us he was leaving. But uh, anybody want to say anything about horrible about Aaron before we leave? Not particularly. You people are much more moral than I had given you credit for. I'm amazed. Who are we talking about? Aaron Lindy. <laughs> oh. Oh, it's gone. Um, fuck, this is the opportunity of a lifetime and I can't think of anything. Oh, he, he did say he was going. Okay, never mind. Oh, he oh. did? Yeah, I missed it. I, I my, my chat window closed. I didn't see but th- But that's no reason to not insult him. So, I mean, you have... You can go ahead. Yeah. You you quit um, a games thing, so you're very spuriously similar to Luke Bernard. <laughs> <laughs>